Thank you, Rasmussen family. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this beautiful day. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors. It is good to have you here this morning. Uh, if you're joining us online, welcome to you as well. Uh, wherever you may be worshiping with us, I know we got people on the East Coast today, West Coast, and uh, Gulf Coast as well. So uh, wherever you are, welcome. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you can hear it where, where, where you are, but we got a buzzing. I'm sure it's getting fixed. Uh, all right. It's, it's kind of fun to do a uh, 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 sound with, with soft voices, loud drums, and trying to make it all, all work together. Sign in. Let us know you're here. We appreciate you letting us know who's here in worship. You'll find in every row and every pew an attendance pad. Just sign in. Let us know that you're here. Uh, it's going to be a little different Sunday. It is Native American Sunday. It is one of our special six Sundays in the United Methodist Church where we celebrate things like students or, or cultural awareness or some other aspect that, that we have special offertories for. Um, today's Native American. It right, coincides also with Earth Day for us. So uh, we, we give thanks for, for our guests here today and for, for bringing what you bring to our worship service. You'll see them also at Children's Moment here in a moment. Um, just want to say on behalf of Meridian United Methodist Church, we acknowledge that this worship service is being held on the traditional lands of the Cayuse, the Umatilla, the Walla Walla, and the Shoshone Bangkok people, who have stewarded this land for generations, and we pay our respects to the elders, both past and present. Pastor Jen, I asked her to be up here today to help share a couple of other announcements. And uh, what's going on in the life of our church? Thank you, Pastor. We just have a few announcements this morning. Today, we are going to have lunch right after this service at Idaho Pizza Company. If you would like to join us at 1230, there is plenty of room and we'd love for you to join the lunch, lunch bunch. Uh, this is open to anybody and everybody, so I hope to see you there. Now check out your bulletin and read about the bowling event on Saturday. Uh, if you're interested in joining our group from church to go bowling at Meridian Lanes next Saturday from 1 to 3, please call the church office, let them know, we'll get you signed up, and we'll have a fun afternoon of bowling. And then next Sunday is our children's musical. The kids have been working hard, and we look forward to their presentation next week. In two weeks, we'll have a new member class if you've been coming for a while and would like to consider this your church home, please let Lisa know that you'd like to come. The term class, it's a little loose. <laughs> Might be a little strong. It's a gathering to see how we can be the church together. Some of you might have received a letter about the class. Some of you might not have. This class is not by invitation only. The office sent it out what they could, and it is open to anyone that would like to join. So I hope to see you there. Thank you. In about six weeks, six, six weeks? Where's Lori? Six weeks? All right. Six weeks. Well, we have annual conference coming here. What's annual conference, I hear you ask? So imagine all the Methodist churches of Oregon and Idaho, uh, they get together for an annual conference once a year, and it's, uh, this year it's in June, and we are hosting it here at Meridian United Methodist Church. It has not been hosted at a church since 1962. It has always been at a hotel or a convention center, that kind of thing. After COVID, they're, they're trying to play with new ideas and how to make conference a little more streamlined, and so they said, let's have it at a church, and they looked at us. Uh, Lori Day, who was the director of Connectional Ministries for our conference and assistant to the bishop, she is, she is here this weekend. She's checking out our space. She was here for meetings, and uh, she'll be here tomorrow to check it out as well. But Lori, can you come up and just send a, just send a greeting? If you, I, she didn't know she was going to do this. Come on up and send a greeting uh, from the conference and on behalf of the What does an assistant to the bishop do? Whatever the bishop wants. <laughs> so thank you. It is so good to be here. And I am so grateful that uh, Meridian UMC has um, willingly offered to host our annual conference in June. Um, your staff has been phenomenal. I know there's tons of volunteers that are involved and connected, uh, but Pastor Mike and 
Lisa is somewhere, and Debbie, and Jen, and uh, Jacob, I think you're up there. There he is. Um, <clears throat> and just so many people. We are grateful for all the um, the work that is happening to make this a success. So I just am here to say I'm so grateful, so thankful, and truly you are the Church of the Warm Heart. So, thanks. Thanks for being here. You got some, you got some wonderful people sitting around you. Uh, let's take a moment and greet those around us. I, I know some of the spaces are a little open. You got some nice people over here and some over there. Uh, go, go say hi to folk and then stay standing for the opening songs. <laughs> Blessed be the name of 
be seated unless you're like fifth grade and below if you're fifth grade and below come on up this is your time in worship and all our guests joining us online 
Can you hear me? Hello, can you all hear me? All right, perfect. I forgot the mic in the first service, so I'm remembering it the second. Well, we are a small but mighty group this morning. How are you doing? Well, thank you. All right, good, good. Well, today we are talking about things that we can feel but that we can't see. So who can give me some examples? What are some things we feel but we can't see? Gabe, what do you think? Wind, okay. Josie? Okay, air. What do you think, Ada? God. God, ooh. All right, well, we are going to read a book today called God, I Know You're There, and then we're going to do a little song to help us remember, okay? All right, this says, Wind, I can't see you. Still, I know you're there. I feel you dance across my face and rustle through my hair. Sun, I can't reach you. Still, I know you're there. I see you shining down on earth. You're beaming everywhere. Sky, I can't hold you. Still, I know you're there. You stretch so wide, so far, so high, and blues beyond compare. Clouds, I can't snuggle you. Still, I know you're there. I watch you forming puffy shapes, a lion, bird, and bear. Moon, I can't swing from you. Still, I know you're there. You're hanging like a silver nightlight in the evening air. Stars, I can't touch you. Still, I know you're there. You twinkle like a coat of jewels the universe can wear. Oh, sorry. Okay. Rainbow, I can't slide down you. Still, I know you're there. Your colors arc in heaven's art, both beautiful and rare. Rainfall, I can't count your drops, still I know you're there. You ripple through the city streets and puddle in town square. Thunder, I can't watch you, still I know you're there. The lightning blinks before you, boom, your nature's stormy pair. Tiny seed, you're hidden deep, still I know you're there. And one day soon you'll stretch and bloom as flowers I can share. Snowflake, I can't trace your crystal. Still, I know you're there. You've been designed, so I won't find one like you anywhere. God, I can't see you. Still, I know you're there. You're in the love I give away, the sparkle when I care. And if your love is what I show, my heart is fuller. Still, I know. All right, well, that's a great reminder to us that just because we can't see God, we can fill him. Who fills God? Who feels all right? Good. All right. Well, let's do a quick song to help us remember about that wind. Okay. So here we go. You're going to have to be a little bit louder because there's only three of us. Ready? So here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Where does the wind blow? Where does the wind go? Where does the wind blow? Where does the wind go? Everybody blow really hard. All right, good job. Thank you for joining me this morning. Let's go ahead and head on out. All right. Let us come together in an attitude of prayer. I have a prayer request I would like to share uh, with our church family this morning. Uh, if you know Ernie and Bev Weatherspoon, uh, Ernie recently passed away, and we will be having a service in honor of his life this Thursday at 11 a.m. But please keep Bev and family in your prayers. Now, if you have any prayer requests or concerns, anything that's on your heart that you would like to share with your neighbor, this is the time of our service where we share them aloud with one another. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and the Lord's Prayer, which will be on the screen.
Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this beautiful day and for the opportunity to come together as a church family. Lord, we look to you for guidance in our lives. Use us for your glory, for we are your hands and feet. Help us to be your eyes and ears to see one another through the lens of love. And may we hear and respond to the need in our world with compassion. Lord, there are many paths that we may follow and many travelers we may meet along the way. Help us, Lord, to see the divine spark in one another as we journey through this life. And Lord, guide us back to you if and when we stray so that we may follow you where you lead and that we may follow you and go where you go. For we are your people, and you, you are our God. Let us be one as we pray as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our next song is a take on an old classic, Blessed Assurance. If you're willing and able, let's stand and sing together.
Good morning. Um, today's scripture is Luke 24, verses 13 through 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them and what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So today's sermon is for people who sometimes wonder, is Jesus really real? It's for you if you've ever doubted if God was ever there. I'm preaching to you if your religion has ever let you down. If you've ever run out of hope. Which means you don't really need this sermon if you are 100% sure of your faith all of the time. If you've never had a doubt about Jesus or God, then God bless you. This sermon is not for you. Feel free. Read the bulletin. Get your phone out. Play Angry Birds or whatever they're playing nowadays. Make a grocery list. Check Twitter. Because this sermon and this Bible story are for people who are still just kind of wondering, is this all still true? For a lot of people, the Christian faith may seem disconnected from the rest of life. It's not, it's not that they're atheists for the most part. They, they, they may believe, you know, kind of, sort of, in a God who is loving and good. They might accept that Jesus died and rose again. But, but they might just be like distant truths, 
I believe it. But what does it mean for me today? It's not that it's not unbelievable. The, the problem is it's just, it's just not relevant. It doesn't seem to matter. It's like, it's like uh, people who can affirm that, that the planet Venus is 67 million uh, miles away from the sun. True fact. It just doesn't help me raise my kids or deal with my parents. I still have to make payday. Life still happens. I'm here to listen to a sermon that may or may not have anything to do with my life. Jesus rose, the pastor said. And in my head, I might think, whoop-de-doo. That, that, that was a phrase my dad used to say all the time, whoop-de-doo. Anytime we tell a story. Can you do me a favor, just so I know you're out there. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, whoop-de-doo? Whoop-de-doo. All right. You know what I mean when I say whoop All right. So if you're one of those people, or if you know people like that, then this Bible story is for you. For we journey with Jesus today on the road to Emmaus. But here's the thing. When we journey with Jesus on this road, we, we don't always know that he's there. The original road to Emmaus story took place on Easter Day. In the wake of that weekend where Jesus was, was crucified, dead, and buried... On the first day of the week, two of his father's followers, uh, let's go home. Which amazes me because they knew about the experience that the women had at the tomb. But that was someone else's experience. It wasn't theirs. So, so whoop-de-doo. While they were walking and talking, Jesus comes and walks with them. And Luke says their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Recognizing him, so so no one's blaming them for some for whatever reason. The magic that be, they couldn't tell that it was Jesus. Maybe maybe grief and disappointment got into their eyes. That happens to me sometimes. After all, their hopes in Jesus had just been dashed. Their expectations had been unmet. They'd been so excited about Jesus, put so much faith in him. And so so when he died, let's go home. Let's put this behind us. Sure, there are some people who said that Jesus rose, had had, had rose again, but who, who could believe talk like that? They hadn't seen him. So they walked to Emmaus, seven miles down the road. Stranger with them. They were telling that stranger all their problems never suspecting that stranger was Jesus. So as I read this story, at least at, least at this stage in my life, this story for me, the road to Emmaus is a journey of disappointment. Expectations gone unmet. Is this the way that you wanted life to be? We've all walked that road, haven't we? At some point or another? It's the road you walk when you don't make the team or when your candidate loses, or when your sweetheart won't talk to you. When you had that fight in the car, and that was on the way to church where you're supposed to learn about the love of Jesus. It's when your loved one has died. It's the road you find yourself on when all the ways you used to feel close to, close to God, they just don't work anymore. That's the Emmaus road. Surely we've been on that road a time or two in our life. But here's the amazing and wonderful promise of the gospel. On this road of loneliness and despair, you are never alone. You might think you're alone. You might feel like you're alone. But let me tell you, you are not alone. The one who joins you along the way, the one who listens to your disappointments and your heartache, the one that that you were complaining to about Jesus letting you down, that just may be Jesus. Which means that Jesus might not be like how you expected him. No beard, no sandals, no long hair, no piercing eyes. Jesus just might look like someone from from our care team, our youth ministry, 
Jesus might look like the lady who takes your Starbucks order. He might look like the person standing on the side of the road. He might look like the stranger at the hospital who gives you tissues when all you could do is cry. The coach who offers encouragement when you're about to quit. Why do I call these people Jesus? Well, because the Emmaus Road story calls these people Jesus. And because it's true. If you're looking for the resurrected Jesus in all his glory, you might look forever. If you're expecting that voice from heaven, that a magic sign, you still might be looking. And if you're waiting for absolute certainty before you believe, you may wait for the rest of your life. But the promise of the gospel is this. When you think you are alone, you're not. Jesus is your companion along the way. And the story also kind of tells us the idea that we might not know Jesus walked with us until later. And we see it in retrospect. Cleopas and his friend walked with Miles with Jesus. They talked about their faith. They talked about their lack of faith. They shared a meal never knowing, never suspecting who it was. And it wasn't until Jesus broke the bread and blessed it and, and gave it to them did they, did they finally have their eyes opened. These actions, this bread, they've, they've, they've seen it before. They remembered. And no sooner did they remember than, than he vanished. It's only looking back that they know. The signs were there. Didn't he read the scriptures to us? Didn't our hearts burn? Looking back, they pieced it all together. Sometimes we only see the angels among us in retrospect. That's the Emmaus Road, the road of doubt and disappointment. So I want you to take heart. Be patient. Keep your eyes open. Jesus is there somewhere. It was a... it was a few summers back, and, and my family, uh, we were going back to see loved ones in Nebraska. Uh, all our family lives in the Lincoln area, but it's spending to fly into Lincoln, so we fly into Omaha, like, a, uh, like an hour away, and then rent a car and go on down. So we, f- we flew into Omaha, and we got to the rental car place. I'm not saying it's a small town. They, they call it an international airport. It's because there's a Hispanic custodian. That's, that's, that's why it's international. <laughs> Uh, small airport, two, two rental places to, to rent a car. And we chose the one that took debit cards because we, we, don't, we don't do credit cards. Uh, we're one of those weird people off the grid. So uh, debit card. And so we go up to our place. We have a reservation. And they said, yes, you do. But we're out of cars. But, but we have a, a reservation. She goes, yes. And we're out of cars. But we have a deal with Avis right next door, right here. So, so just go there and get the car. We'll charge you the same rate. It'll be fine. So we shift over to Avis. Hi, here to rent a car, debit card. They say, we only take credit cards. We don't have a credit card. We have a debit card. She goes, only credit cards. Like, they take debit cards. She goes, yes, but they don't have cars. I'm like, oh, man. I could write a check and buy a car. But I can't rent a car. Avis has since changed their thing, by the way. So you can rent a car now. Any any rent, any major rental place, you can now do it with the debit card. But at that time, credit cards. Uh, so we're like, all right, do I just go down to the place and buy a $500 car, a hoopty for us to drive around in? And is that better off? And, and while we're just discussing this, I get a tap on my shoulder. Just tap, tap, tap. And there's a lady right there. She goes, I'm not eavesdropping, but you're loud. And... <laughs> I hear your problem. I was walking by. I have a white 15-passenger van that I'm driving by myself down to Lincoln. Do you guys want to ride? Angels among us, right? And, and, and the, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and uh, there was a saint out of the blue or a terrorist. I'm not sure what she was at the time. <laughs> She going to kidnap us and down. But the odds are the 65-year-old gal was just nice and not ISIS, right? Uh, there are angels among us. Uh, we still keep, uh, five, six years ago, we still, we, my wife is still Facebook friends with Teresa uh, down there. There are angels among us. One of my favorite Bible passages comes out of Hebrews. 
Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for by doing such, some have entertained angels unawares. Many of you have some uh, familiar stories, similar stories. Strangers who have come in and out of your life to help you at the most opportune time. Was it coincidence? Was it God incidence? So if you're one of those people that I'm preaching to you today, if you wonder if Jesus is real, if you've ever doubted that God was there, if your faith has ever let you down, if you've ever run out of hope, what can you do to find Jesus once again? What can you do to see and feel that he's there? Just a couple things. Number one, welcome strangers. Welcome strangers. You need people in your life. Someone caught me um, uh, after the first service. Uh, new guest, never, never been here before. They're shopping around at churches. And they said, this is the first church uh, that we've been to that does like a meeting and greeting, shaking of the hands kind of thing. And in my mind, I'm like, that shouldn't that be everywhere? But this is, this is the first place that they've ever found that. And they said, I met some people. And I, and I said, yeah, we had, a, we had a gal tell me a couple years ago that the only hug they ever get is right here at the meet and greet time. Welcome, strangers. The two guys on the, on the road to Emmaus, if they didn't welcome Jesus into the house, they never would have known. And they would have kept on walking, discouraged, and they might not have been disciples for very long. I do wonder in this story, this, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but Jesus meets these people on the road to Damascus. I do wonder if Jesus met other people on the road as well, but never had their eyes open or never welcomed him. So they missed out on a blessing. Years ago, uh, so the story goes, in another part of the country, there was a church that was struggling with whether or not to allow um, an African-American to join their church. He had been their janitor for years, and he decided he wanted to be a part of the church family. It was fine if he cleaned, but a member? So they had a special vote of the congregation. and They pondered on the issue of integration. This kind of stuff was not long ago. Finally, the vote was announced, and the janitor lost his bid to be a member. And later that evening, uh, so the story goes, the old gentleman was sitting in his porch swing thinking about how he had been rejected by the church that he had grown to love. And he, he looked up and said, Lord, I don't understand them. I tried to join their church. They won't let me in. And at that time, he heard a voice from heaven, the Lord speaking down to him. He says, don't worry about it, my child. I've been trying to get into that church for years. They won't let me in either. Yeah. If we reject the stranger, we may just be rejecting a chance to see Jesus. I know we teach our kids stranger danger, and that, that makes sense. But I think we're too fearful of the people around us nowadays. If you could pull into someone's driveway and back out, be feared of getting a shot, we might be too scared of people nowadays. If you could open up the wrong car door and be in, in peril, we might be too scared of people nowadays. Welcome strangers. Second thing you could do, open up your Bible. I know for a lot of people, the Bible is the last place that they would, they would, that they, they would look for solace and, and, and comfort because it's a hard book. And part of it may seem oppressive and out of date. And it gets used in heavy-handed ways. But I tell you the truth, it is still the word of the living God. When Jesus explained the scriptures to them, the two disciples felt their hearts on fire. Pastor Mike, the Bible just doesn't work for me. For, well, try another book of the Bible. Look in the Gospel of John, the Gospel of Love. Join a different study group. Find a different teacher. Find a different pastor if the one you have isn't working. I got to be careful with that. But I want you to grow in your faith life, whatever that means. Just don't give up on scripture. And finally, most of all, Jesus became known to them in the breaking of the bread. Oftentimes, in our spiritual discouragement, we abandon the old and we look for something new. But Jesus never left the communion table. 
The Lord is everywhere, but we can feel him when we break bread together, whether it's two weeks from now at communion or when we break bread together in our homes. The Bible says at once for these two guys, at once, not in the morning, not later in the week, but at once they got back on the road. They had traveled seven miles and they just got to their place and they just broke bread and they got their hearts on fire and they turned around and they went seven miles back. What a day, there and back again. They now have their own story to tell. Because it's their story. Let me close with this idea. I'm going to meddle here and see if I get in trouble. The disciples knew about the women's testimony. They knew about their witness. They knew that something happened and yet they left that day to walk back to the town where they were on their journey. They were seven miles out. They walked away because it was not personal to them. It wasn't until they had their own Jesus Jesus moment that they came back right away to share the witness and their testimony. And I'll be honest, I do that. I do that all the time. I walk away from someone else's testimony because it's not my experience. It's not my testimony. It's not real or relevant because I didn't have to walk in those shoes. Back in the day, I was a black and white kind of guy. Only as I've gotten older have I discovered the grays in between. A lot of the issues that we sometimes face in life. Back in my earliest days, death penalty, oh yeah. Murders and rapists, oh yeah, death penalty. Uh, mandatory sentencing for theft, 15 years for jaywalking. You know, that, that kind of exuberance for penalties. I turned my back on these people. And then someone got me into prison ministry. And Pastor Mike, you should probably go visit some folk there. There are some good people there. Messed up, but good people there. Then I got an old family, my own family member got picked up for DUI. All of a sudden, it's relevant to me. And I want to err on grace and on mercy. Earlier days, abortion, totally unacceptable and wrong in all cases. And I turned my back on people who have to make a choice that I will never have to make. A friend of mine has a daughter who got pregnant from another uncle. And it's relevant to me. And I want to err on grace and mercy. Immigration, send them all back. We don't want them. Until it's the guy who's living right next door to me. He's one of the good ones. Don't send him back. He's fine. He pays us taxes. Taxes that he'll never get back because he can't get Social Security, but he's still paying taxes for it. All of a sudden, it's relevant to me. And I need to err on grace and mercy. Homeless person on the street corner, and I want, in my earlier days, get a job. Until it's my cousin in another city, panhandling, trying to take care of his kids. And it's personal to me. And I want to err on grace and on mercy. The walk to Emmaus is blindly ignoring inconvenient facts, turning your backs on people who have a witness to share. The walk from Emmaus back to Jerusalem is about having your aha moment and realizing that Jesus had revelations to share with other people beside yourself. So if I've been preaching to you today, if you've ever wondered that Jesus is real, if you've ever doubted that God is there, if your faith has ever let you down, here's the promise of the gospel. When you think you're alone, that's where Jesus is. You might be on the Emmaus Road, and he is your companion along the way. It might not seem like much, a piece of bread, an open Bible, a stranger along the way. But that's what it is. It's Jesus. 
He is walking with you. And that, my friends, is a big whoop-de-doo. And the family of God said, Amen. As we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who participate in the giving to our church. We appreciate the gifts that you give. Uh, On Native American Sunday, we do celebrate uh, the the ministries that the Native uh, nations have given and and how we are in partnership with them in the Oregon-Idaho Conference. Uh, We do have several committees that uh, that work with the nations within our borders. Uh, Camp, Camp... there's a camp out there called Camp Huckleby that we, uh, that we support that gives uh, uh, program and resources to, to send kids to camp uh, from, from the nations. Your gifts make our ministries possible. Thank you. Heard a phone. Uh, had a not, not to pick on you. Had a wedding, a wedding a while back, and I'm standing there, and the best man has a phone going off, and they can't get to it. Like the pocket is like the button. It's, it's wackadoodle tuxedo kind of thing. Can't get to it. And after you know 10, 15 seconds, you got to say something because we're just just wait. The only thing I knew to say was all objections to the wedding have to be made in person. You can't phone a man. <laughs> Jesus is trying to get a hold of us, so we appreciate that. Let's stand and sing. Stand in your love. Thank you, Ed. Power that can save. There's power in your.
new instrumentalists playing along in different ways. Appreciate that. God is good. All the time. All the time. For our benediction today, uh, we're going to, I'm going to take a prayer that I found um, uh, in a Native American ministry once upon a time, Uh, but you got to know your directions. So which way are you all facing right now? South, which means east is, and north is, and west is. Awesome. All right, you'll need that for the prayer. (laughs) Spirit of creation, we face south. And we are thankful for that you send us warm and soothing winds from the south to comfort us and caress us when we are tired and cold in this winter that seems to never end. So unfold us as your gentle breezes unfold the leaves of the trees. Give us warmth to remember and help us to remember to be grateful so that we may grow close to you. Let us turn left and face the east. Great spirit who comes out of the east, who comes to us with the power of the east, we are thankful for the light of the rising sun. And let there be light on the path we walk. Let us remember always to be thankful that you have given us the gift of a new day. Let us turn left and face north. Great spirit of love, come to us with the power of the north. Make us courageous when the cold winds of life fall upon us. Give us strength and endurance for everything that is harsh, for everything that hurts. Let us move through life ready to take what comes from the north. Let us turn left and look west. Great life-giving spirit, we face the west, the direction of sundown. Let us remember every day that the moment will come when our own sun will go down. And let us never forget that we must fade into you. Give us beautiful color. Give us a great sky for setting so that when it is time to meet you, we come with glory. Let us turn and face the middle of the room, the center, right right in the middle there. So you're all looking at each other. Pastor Jen, can you grab a candle, please? Great spirit of the sky, lift us up to you that our hearts may worship you and come to you in glory. Hold in our memory that you are the creator, greater than we, eager for our good life. Let everything that is in this world lift our minds and our hearts and our lives to you, the center of everything we are, so that we may come to you always in truth and in heart. And the family of God said, Amen. Go in peace.